0: To talk. I got to tell what
1: I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. Real goal recognize, real goal, recognize, real goal, recognize, real real phony gone recognize still still I recognize with. Like we
2: always do with this time. I go for mine. I get the shine, no you
3: Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome back to another week of the K.I.R.P. Radio Show. Pleasure to be with you all tonight, man, and I definitely appreciate everybody out there for rocking with you, boy. Listen, this weekend was absolutely crazy for me. I don't know what you guys went through, but I will say this. There was a lot of rain going on in eastern North Carolina. Actually, all over North Carolina, but eastern North Carolina got a lot of rain, man. I guess we had a tropical storm come in or... Hurricane of sorts and tornadoes and all this good stuff, man. The weather is definitely clashing around here. So, you know, everybody's trying to find out, you know, what they can do to have a good time and to stay involved and to stay indoors. And, you know, there was a lot of things going on in NC this weekend. But a BIG shout out to everybody out there before I get into the meat of the show. Got to give a shout out to everybody out there who's rocking, man, all over the United States who's rocking with the KIRP radio show. Definitely appreciate the love that you guys show us. You know, it's definitely B-I-G in my book. You know, that's the catchphrase. If you guys are on Twitter, hashtag K-I-R-P, B-I-G, you know what it is. And uh, we do shout-outs on this show, man. So if you got any shout-outs, hit us up with the uh, comment or with the message or whatever you might have. Or, you know, if you want to give somebody a shout-out, just let your boy know. And uh, we'll try to make that happen. also want to take this moment to just say thank you. To all the brave soldiers out there, man, who hold us down across the nation, I uh, or, or across the world, I might say, because you know, frankly, we're the world police now. You know that that's our job. We don't trade much anymore. We're we're the world police for hire. Seems like, but no one's paying us; we're paying them. But anyway, we'll get into that side of the politics right now. I just want to say, you know, Big shout out to all our, our brave. You know, um, I'm a big, 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 big military supporter. And uh, you know I, I like to always you know try to show the proper respect to the people out there who are who are fighting for us, who are holding us down, man. Because you know I I don't believe that they get their just due. I don't believe that they get the credit that they deserve. You know I don't I don't believe that we should that that we put them on the pedestal uh, uh, that's deserving to them. So you know B I G shout out and a salute to uh, all the soldiers out there, the reserve, you know all branches of the military. I really appreciate what you guys do, man. And I I met some wonderful people uh this weekend in uh Charlotte, North Carolina at the uh GOP state convention. Met some soldiers out there. Shout out to my brother Earl Phillips. Uh Earl Phillips, you know, man, I you know, I, I don't I don't even know where to begin and you know, shout out to my brother Ben Smith, you know, hung out with those guys on Friday night, man, and uh, basically the whole weekend. You know, when uh you know, when you sit down and you actually talk to Uh, real heroes and and shout out to William Edgar too Uh, I I definitely got to throw you in there brother but when you sit down and you talk to real heroes you find out that we don't have the appropriate we we don't discern appropriately I I don't think like we don't we don't really uh, have the proper compassion for what these people do you know we don't have the right appreciation for what these people do and and not even what they do Um, you know the 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 anguish that they go through, the the mental uh, uh, breaking down process that these people have to go through in order to defend this country, uh, you know, this beautiful United States of America and the people within it. Uh, And and when I say mental and when I say anguish and, and, you know, you're talking about your mental state has to change in order to uh, defend this nation, uh, it's true, you know. These guys travel on the drop of the dime, uh, oftentimes to places where, you know, we're hated, uh, not only by locals, but by rebels or, you know, by by a foreign government or, you know, and, and a lot of times just the country alone. You know, they hate the they hate the patches that we wear. You know, they hate the the, the, the red, white and blue that, you know, that we cherish that represents us. And, uh, you know, they hate everything about us. So, you know, these guys have to go through a process that can't even be described. Like, you, you couldn't begin, and, and I really thought about this before I fell asleep on Friday after, you know, hanging out with my brothers. But, you know, I I didn't even understand, as, as big of a supporter as I am and I claim to be, um, I don't even think I really understood until just this Friday before falling asleep and, you know, after talking to Ben and uh, uh, Navy SEAL, former Navy SEAL Ben Smith, you know, my brother Ben and, and you know, my brother Earl Phillip and, you know, after talking to these guys and, and Tim, shout out to Tim too, definitely got to give a B.I.G. shout out to Tim and, uh, you know, chairman of the Frederick Douglass Foundation National. Uh, you know, after talking to these guys, you you really understand, uh, you, you kind of understand. I, I don't think you'll ever be able to understand where they are, or what they went through, you know, unless you're behind their eyes. And uh, that's something we'll never be able to accomplish. But, you know, it's just amazing. People have to put this in perspective. You know, every day we go to work and we leave our homes and, you know, we we kiss our wives or our girlfriends or or whatever, you know, sometimes our mothers and our kids. And, you know, we, we kiss our loved ones goodbye on our way to work, knowing that, you know, when the clock strikes five o'clock or three or whatever time you get off, you know, once the clock strikes, it's like you're going home. You know, you're coming right back. You're going to jump in your car or you're going to jump on your bike or, you know, on the bus or, or walk or whatever you do. And you know that, you know, you might stop and get lunch and you still got your family on your mind or maybe you don't, you know, maybe you're not even thinking about your family until, you know, you're on the route home. But, you know, nevertheless, you know that you're coming home at the end of the day once you leave work. These guys go to work, and they have to suit up, you know, a, a lot of times not not even knowing where they're going, you know, not even knowing what they have to do or what, what they're going to do, you know. And, and these guys, they suit up, you know, they show up, they, they leave, and, you know, they go to the base or they, they report in, and, and before you know it, you know – they're gone off somewhere you know far 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 along far away you know places that we can't even imagine places that we have no clue of don't even understand you know why they're there you know why they're there and uh, we don't even understand what they're going through while they're there you know so while they are there so it, it's just amazing to me that you know we don't we don't discern enough we don't try to understand enough and, and like i said i thought i knew but i had no clue i mean can can you imagine Waking up in the morning knowing that you have to go to Afghanistan and you got to stay there for a year and you're not going to physically, physically. I, I know we have FaceTime and, and, and all this other stuff going on and, and the cell phones and, you know, and, and that's a beautiful thing, you know, to be able to face chat with your family and friends and all that. I get that. That's cool. That, that's wonderful. But there's nothing like that touch, man, from y- your child, from your daughter. The look in your daughter's eyes when she see you and hadn't seen you in a while or she gives you a hug or the look in your wife's eyes when she say I miss you and she gives you a kiss or the hug you get from your boys, you know, when you haven't been there in a while. There's nothing like hugging and kissing and loving your family every single day. Like I I miss my kids after a shift. I miss my wife after a shift at work, you know, or after a two-day stay, like, you know, being on in Charlotte. Can you imagine what these guys go through having to be, on the other side of the globe, on the other side of the globe, excuse me, on the other side of the world, you know, living amongst people that hate them but doing the job to keep us safe. And then, you know, some of these guys may turn on their phone or, you know, log onto the computer to see the news making a mockery of what they do or to see people making a mockery of what they do do. and, and, you know, people not being satisfied at what they do and having an issue or having a problem – uh, with what they do, you know, not satisfied as if they're not doing enough. You know what I mean? And and just, people just don't pay attention, man. So I, I say, you know, a B.I.G. salute to all my troops out there, man. I got nothing but love for you guys. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I could really fully understand what you guys go through and be able to show you the proper love that you deserve, you know, the proper respect that you deserve. But, you know, I'll never be able to do that. So, you know, all I can do is, is big you guys up, give you B.I.G. shout outs on the show like we do all the time and uh, just try to continue to show you guys love the best way we know how, man. And, and if, I, I hope that's, you know, OK, right? You OK. Know, I hope
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I hope that's OK. Like Little John just said. But, you know, shout out to you guys, man. And I appreciate what you do. And uh, 21 Gun Salute and all that good stuff. You know, we're going to try our best to uh, see if we can't bring more soldiers on here and, you know, get maybe we can get a list of people who are serving abroad and, you know, try to give these guys shout outs on a regular basis. So anyway, let me just move along here a little bit. I know I got a little long winded on, you know, shouting out my troops, man. But, you know, that's what I do. You know, I love those guys and, you know, really appreciate it. And I just wanted to tell that little story on the opening anyway. Compassion. I just want to I just want to bring up compassion for a second you know for for anybody who listens to KIRP radio show on the regular basis you guys know where i lean politically you know you guys know i'm a i'm an unaffiliate voter you know registered unaffiliate but you know damn well i don't lean to the left So you guys know I lean towards the right, GOP, Republican, call it what you want, traditional, baby, it is what it is. Look up the facts. That's me. I'm down with the history. I'm down with the cause. I'm down with the brand, and I'm damn sure down with the platform. You know what I'm saying? Unless they try to take God out the platform and and freedom, and then we got some issues. But anyway, anyway, we're going to get on that later also. Compassion. Now, I'm always the guy to tell people, you know, conservatism, we define that. You know, and, and and my punchline, my catchphrase is I've been conservative since using paper bags for trash or, you know, grocery bags for trash or whatever you call it. So, you know, I grew up in a house where getting your butt whooped was prevalent, you know, using a, a, a paper bag for trash, as I just as I just referred to, was something that we did on a regular basis. You know, we recycled before recycling was popular. You know, we, we weren't uh, uh, hippies or anything like that, but, you know nothing went wasted, you know, not even the grease from, well, fish grease. I don't recall my grandma reusing fish grease, but, you know, you can't really cook anything else in fish grease. But anyway, everything else was used. Uh, We reused it, and we had a good time by it, and, you know, we ate, and, you know, we didn't throw away a lot of food. We just, we, we were sound in our finances, okay? We were definitely sound in our faith, okay? We were definitely sound in our faith. We we had a devotion to God and freedom, and those two things went together as long as they did not conflict with God. You know, though everything, you know, all bets were off. So we were conservatives whether we knew it or not, and and it doesn't matter who tries to define that, you know, because oftentimes people will tell you, well, or will tell me, you know, Pudgy, you're more liberal than conservative. And, you know, I always say, you know, I know who I am. You know, I know what I believe. I know what my principles are, you know, and I know exactly who I am, you know. So to all the conservatives out there, you know, to all the all the uh, uh, GOPers out there, all the Republicans out there, any unaffiliate who's, who's just not sure, you know, because you just don't understand what's going on and you, you watch all the news and this, that, and the other, the first thing I would tell you if you don't understand is go to the platform. Okay, follow your faith. That's me all day. Follow your faith, and any one of those entities that conflicts with your faith, turn your back to them. But remember this one thing. Don't apologize for having compassion. Don't ever apologize for having compassion. You know, I think that people question my conservatism because I have passion, and I have passion because... I believe in God. It's simple. And I'll never, ever, 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 ever apologize for that. It is what it is. You don't even gotta like it. You know, and, and you know, I, I think that we get so caught up in our so-called focused principles that you know we're scared to tell people how we really feel. But you guys, it's keeping it real with Pudgy. And if y'all know me personally, you know, I'm just going to keep it 100. It's just me. I'm going to do what I need to do, and I'm going to say what I need to say. And I have compassion for people. So sometimes, folks, yes, I'm a conservative, but I don't have a problem with giving folks things. I don't. If God moves in my heart and tells me that I need to give somebody something, you know, I need to come out of my pocket and hand somebody this money. I need to look out for somebody knowing I'm not going to get anything in return, knowing they're probably not going to do anything for themselves. I'm just going to do that because I have compassion and I'm obedient. I try my best to be obedient to God's word. I know sometimes I'm a little hardhead and that's why I just laughed here. But, you know, on the real, just keeping it 100, don't apologize for having compassion, people. Don't apologize for that. Republicans, don't be scared to say it's okay to give somebody something sometimes, because I'm sure everybody in the world, if you're not a selfish individual, if you're a God-fearing and a Christ-following individual, you're going to give somebody something sometimes. But you can't apologize for that, because if that's who you are, that's who you are. Don't apologize for that. That doesn't contradict your political beliefs. That doesn't contradict your political values. And just because other people don't like it, and they want a name call, and put you in this box and put you on this line and put you on that line so what who the hell cares be who you are be proud of who you are and accept that name calling and do you because we're not living for men out here we're not living for other people out here we're just doing our thing and you got to keep rocking people you got to keep rocking So don't ever let anybody, don't let anybody define who you are. Don't let people define you just because you're a Republican and you believe this, just because you're, excuse me, you're a conservative and and, and you believe that. Don't let people define you, man. You define yourself. You be who you are. You be true to yourself. And if you believe in God, God's going to guide that. God's got that. It doesn't matter what anybody else says, God is more powerful, he is more high, he is more awesome, and he's going to God that, he's going to take care of all that trouble for you. But don't ever let people define you on what they want you to be, you define yourself on who you know you are. Don't ever let anybody define you. Ever, ever in your lifetime let people define you and try to tell you you're different than who you are that's why we have the organization called the loving father society and our first initiative is i love being a black father you know people look at me and say pudgy why you want to why you want to separate it, it it's, it's it's so divisional you want to separate this from that and that lets me know that people are looking at it from the wrong mindset Like, their minds aren't right. It's not me with the problem. Shout out to my brother, Rashad Woods. It's not Rod with the problems. It's not us. You know, it's not the Loving Father Society. It's not I love being a black father. It's everybody else on the outside who wants to define what we're doing. What's wrong with saying I love being a black father? What's wrong with saying I love being a white father? I love being a Latino father, a Jewish father, a yellow, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. And the problem is people are so scared to tell people how they really feel. People are so scared to be proud of who they are to be proud of the job that they're doing nobody said that we're hating anybody else you know nobody said that we're we're proud to be a black father but we're not including white fathers we're not including latino fathers or mexican fathers or whatever you want to call it we're just simply saying we're proud to be black fathers and the reason that that's our first initiative is because black fathers get the worst of the stereotypes of fathers tell me i'm wrong show me i'm wrong Prove to me I'm wrong. Joe Wilson me. Call me in and tell me I'm a lie. if you don't believe it. I'll listen to what you got to say, but I'm going to tell you anytime the first and probably only black president so-called, because I don't think he's a black guy, but I ain't going to get into that right now, okay? Anytime the president stands up and he's the one looked at as the icon of black men right now, especially at that point in, in, in his campaign or at that point of his presidency when he went into church and was talking about black fathers. Anytime the president of the United States goes in the church, and I believe he was on the campaign trail, and this is not an Obash Obama mission, I'm just keeping it 100, but anytime the icon of black men in the 21st century stands up in the church and all he can do is try to act, try to gather some kind of Southern lingo and start talking like he's from Tennessee or Mississippi somewhere as if, as if, you know, that's what resonates to black churches. You know what I'm saying? And anytime he attacks black men, the way he attacked black men, if those were his choice of words and they were his choice of words by saying black men, you need to pull up your pants and take care of your babies. If you're the icon of what black men look at, your message could have easily been, you can do this. I got your back. Look at me. We're winning. You don't motivate troops by going into a battle and telling them how ridiculous they were on the gun range how stupid they were, how you didn't do this and how you didn't pack right and how you didn't exercise right last week and how you're not doing this and how you're not doing that. You motivate people by inspiring them, especially when you're on a level of excellence, when you hold a position of power that people look at and they look up to. So you can't tell me that black men and black fathers in the black household is an attack and and those fathers let me say the fathers because i i I just i i believe that this is an attack on fathers all fathers not only black fathers all fathers because if you believe in christ you know that the father's supposed to represent in being the head of the household which means the strong point of the unit you got to go through me before you can get through them that's what that means and this is an attack on father's this is an attack on traditional families, and I don't care who don't like it. It is what it is. I know what I see. I know what I read. I know about the statistics. We see this stuff every day. And all I'm saying to you by saying all of this, folks, is that compassion, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with explaining who you are. There's nothing wrong with loving who you are. There's not a thing in the world, in the world, with being proud Of the job that you do nothing in the world wrong with that nothing in the world so don't let people define you don't apologize for having compassion and know who you are be true to who you are be true to who you say you are and know who you are there's nothing wrong with that compassion is real shout out to all the fathers out there man next sunday father's day i believe it's next sunday is that right next sunday father's day you know we're trying to do some things man uh Check this out. I love being a black father shirt. They're definitely on sale. Uh, You can get them on uh, www.336promotions.bigcartel.com. Make sure you check that out, man. Get a t-shirt for a proud black father. You know, somebody's just doing a good job out there because you know what? We've been doing a good job. People, they just didn't want to pay attention to what we're doing. We're just like white fathers, Mexican fathers, Latino fathers. Even though they're going to attack all of us, my brothers, my multicolored brothers. They're going to continue to attack us, but we're not going to stop. Got to go to commercial, man. We'll be right back with Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. Yeah. Yo, just waking up, long night still
4: fucking.
2: Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee 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 all the way home? Wee! Wee wee wee! Wee! Wee
5: wee wee! Wee up?
1: Yeah.
5: You're home.
2: Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Skyco, Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more.
5: once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Day
1: Cherie is an online indie department store born with the ideology, community, and self. We believe that a garment or accessory created by an independent designer can do more for our community on a deeper level. The ability to wear someone's imagination is a beautiful event. Purchasing independence means wearing something unique while supporting those around you. The designers you support could very well be your neighbors, friends, and family. Embrace your indie state of mind. Shop Indie. www.dechderi.com. Stay Cherie.
3: Well, I appreciate it. When I was young, me and my mama had beats. Seventeen years old, kicked out on the streets. Though back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive. Back and take my mama's place. Spend it from school. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the KIRP radio show, baby. On the air live right now from StretchingYourBudget.com is none other than Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. Charlotte, how are you? All right, we're going to try to cue Charlotte back up. I guess we got some problems going on. There is some, uh, if there's some symptoms there are actually some storms going on. So we're having technical difficulties. I think our phone may be breaking up and, uh, it is what it is, but we got to move on with the show. We actually started a little bit late, but you know, we got to keep it going on. And, uh, so B I G shout out to Charlotte. If we can get her back up, folks, we'll definitely bring her back on. But if not, the show must go on. And, uh, I apologize for everybody out there because I'm, you know, I'm a couponer, but I can't do what Charlotte does. And, uh, I don't see her on the queue, so she's not listening right now. But she's a better shopper than me, but don't tell her that. She don't know that because we're going to have a little shopping competition. And I already told her I'm going to kick her butt when we uh, get the grocery carts out and the the cameras out. And we try to work that out to make sure everybody can see that. Should be a a wonderful event. Got to give a shout-out right now to Anne-Marie Fox. B-I-G, shout-out to you. Anne-Marie Fox is an Online Music Award winner YouTube sensation, a songbird in her own right. You can check her out on YouTube. That's YouTube, and her name is Red Fox Sings. One word, Red, R-E-D, Fox, F-O-S, S-I-N-G-S. So, B-I-G, shout out to her, man, and uh, we told you we were going to give you a shout out, anne We need to get some music, man, and we'll try to play it on the show in between commercials, and uh, it should be all love. Also, got to give a shout out to my man, Kevin Chenault. I see you, baby! Saw Kevin downtown Charlotte. This weekend. And uh Kevin's an awesome guy, man. This guy's always working on something. He he definitely bere- believes in the principles and the foundation of that this country was built upon. Uh, you know, freedom, liberty, and justice for all. He's definitely that guy. So Kevin Chennault, got to give you a big shout out, man, and we appreciate what you do, brother. I'll see you real soon. And maybe we can get Kevin on the show to uh come on and talk about some of the things that he does, man. Kevin is out there rocking, man. Kevin is a tea party guy. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't like them Tea Parties, them racist Tea Parties. But, you know, people don't go to Tea Parties to hear how racist they are. I've been to a few and I have been attacked. You know, I just got to I got to be clear and, and, and you know, be honest about what happened at these Tea Parties, because, you know, I, I, people need to hear my story. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's not cool. You know, these these racist Tea Parties all over the country. And uh, you know what happens is 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 people like myself who who love everybody. You know I I definitely love everybody, and uh, I try to show love to you know anybody who will accept it. You know sometimes, as my man Rashad said, you know B. I. G. Shout out back to you, brother. But you know as Rashad says, uh, you know the community is not all that inviting anymore. And uh, you know he said that in a blog or or maybe in a speech somewhere. And and that's something that really stuck to my head. You know, that's something that really stuck in my mind. And and I really thought about, you know, some of the things that I've seen in uh, doing the Love and Father Society and and the various other things that we do and to feed the need. And, you know, we always do things out there for communities, man, and, and, you know, try to give back a little something. And we don't have a lot, but we're definitely willing to try to give back. And if you can give, you can give back anything, you can give back inspiration, And uh, you can give time with that. So, you know, that's what we try to do. But what I found out is that, and and I never could put my finger on it, but, you know, Rashad actually put it in words really simple, uh, and he made it first person, you know, and I, I just could never put my finger on it. But all it boils down to is that the community is not all that inviting anymore, you know, once upon a time you could go in a community and people would interact with you and, uh, they would, they would, they would sit down on their porch or they would, in, they were inviting, they would invite you on the porch and sit down and talk about, you know, whatever issues they had. And, you know, they would share some of the things that they go through or they would share, you know, some experience that they have and they would, they would call a neighbor over or they would lead you to a neighbor here and there. They would show love. I love you too. They would show love to, uh, you know, to anything that, or any idea that you brought to them. But what we're finding out today is that, you know, a a lot of people are saying we need to engage and go out in the community and do do this, that, and the other. But what I'm finding out today is that the community is not all that inviting anymore. And oftentimes if they don't know you, if you're not there on a regular basis, you know, they don't, they don't want to deal with you. You know, they don't care what you have to say. Uh, they don't want to show you any love. So, you know, as my man Rashad said, the community is not all that inviting anymore. But anyway, let, let, me, let me backtrack a bit because uh, I, I made a claim here. And, uh, you know, talking about these racist tea parties. Um, my story goes like this. Because I've been... I don't know if you want to say attacked or, you know, I I felt like I was kidnapped. I just I just got to keep it 100 and and just tell it like it is. I felt like I was kidnapped and uh, kidnapped, excuse me. And, uh, you know, my experiences with these racist tea parties, uh, because listen, when it when it happened the first time, you know, I gave it a pass. And you know I was just like you know okay whatever you know I, I I get it you know it's it's just you know people maybe they're not used to you know me being around you know I was I was one of the only black guys in, in the crowd or you know at at this tea party and uh, so I, I just figure I said you know well maybe they're not used to us you know maybe they're not used to it's just all white people there maybe they're not used to blacks so you know I, I was like alright cool you know I, I I get it I gave them the pass for you know the attacks that they made on me. And, and the things that they did to me. And, uh, you know, I, I, from there, I just, I, I really didn't know where to go. And, you know, I thought long and hard about it, and I was really trying to figure out, you know, where I should go from here. You know, I, I define myself as a conservative, or, you know, a freedom guy, and and a constitution guy, you know, God, love, and and they define themselves the same way. But, you know the things that happened to me, and I'm and I'm going to get to that in a second. The things that happened to me were were uh, it 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 would some people would probably cry, you know. But I, I'm a, I'm a pretty strong guy, but I, I think that if if other people went through uh, what I went through at at these racist tea parties, you know, they would probably cry, would probably break them down. And uh, they would probably cry out to God for help, you know, to 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 help them out, you know, and help see them through. And uh, so the first time, you know, I, I gave it a pass and. Uh, get myself together here. The second time. It was. Uh, it was just amazing. You know, I, I couldn't all the stuff you see, excuse me, all the stuff you see on TV and on the news with these tea parties and, and, you know, people are the end shout out to the NAACP, man. Cause you know, they, they, they're the first ones that I believe that I remember. They're the first ones that really put this stuff out. You know, they were the first ones, you know, really telling people how racist these tea parties are and, and, you know, how they want to take the country back to slavery and and I listened to the NAACP and, and, and what they had to offer. So, you know, me being who I am, I had to go to these tea parties so I could hear for myself through my see through my own eyes, hear through my own ears. And uh I just wanted to experience it. You know, I I can fight. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I keep it funky. Like I, I come from a place where you had, to, you had to fight, you had to hold yourself down. I can fight, so I'm like, alright, you know, I'm gonna hold myself down. I'm gonna defend myself. I ain't worried about it, you know. So I, I, let me, let me just go ahead with the story. I go to this tea party the second time. This is the second time. The first time they got me, you know, broke me down. It is what it is. So I go to this racist tea parties for the second time, and you know, here, here they are all these all these white folks, and some of them got on fatigues, and you know some of them got guns and and you know people are looking at me and and they got these smiles on their face like and, and i and I know you know they they're they smiling, you know what that means right you know every- everybody know what that smile means right i mean you you n w a c p said they were racist we black people out there y'all know what that smile means, you know what I'm saying. So, I'm walking around, and people are waving and stuff. you know I speak back, you know how you doing and 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 you know I you know a couple of other black people over here, a couple of black people sprinkled throughout there, and I'm hearing all these speeches about liberty and freedom and how we want to take this country back and you know, too much government and, 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 and we need more freedom and they're trying to infringe on our rights. And, you know, we you know, we should be able to defend ourselves and have our guns and, you know, all this craziness. Right. You know, because that's crazy. Right. That's craziness. You know, they're talking about how they love their fellow man and, and, and Abraham Lincoln and Emancipation Proclamation and and, you know, all this good stuff. and And it happens again. Well, first of all, I got to speak at the Second Tea Party, but but then it happened again after I spoke. I'm talking like at least 25, 30 people just came at me, just running at me. As soon as I got off the stage and as soon as I finished my speech and and I I go to the back stairwell, all these people running at me, running up to me, and it happened again.
4: They attacked me, kissing me, hugging me. Telling me how much they love me, calling me brother, telling me God bless me, t-
3: tugging on my shirt, wiping sweat off my forehead, trying to feed me, trying to give me something to drink, asking me where my family at. Introduce want, want me want me to introduce them to my wife and kids. For real. See these racist tea parties. This is
4: this is what they do. They love your ass to death. And I don't understand where all this love coming from. I didn't go to the tea party for love. I went to the tea party to hear them talk about racism, baby.
3: But I couldn't find that. And they attacked me again and again with God bless you, with love, with man. I appreciate it if I could help you with business cards, with speaking engagements, with email addresses, with inviting me to come try this taking me over here, feeding me again, and offering me things to drink. And, I mean, man, I've never been attacked with so much love in my life. They attack me with more love than any church that I've ever been into. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just keeping it 100.
4: So when people like the NAACP start running their mouth about how racist these tea parties are and
3: how negative they are, And how they just came about to get rid of Obama. And the hell, ain't nobody talking about Obama. It's bigger than him. And if y'all can't look at the... You can look at the regular news right now and see this. You don't even have to be... It's so crazy right now, you don't even have to be informed anymore. You can look at the regular television. The liberal media is reporting how ridiculous and how this stuff is going down. The liberal media... The people that hate Tea Party goers, the people that hate Republicans, they hate conservatives. They're even reporting what they what some folks used to call conspiracy theories. Oh, there go them crazy Tea Party people again talking about national security. Meanwhile, your cell phone's being tapped. (laughs) Oh, there go those crazy Tea Party, those crazy conservatives talking about gun rights again. Meanwhile, they're blaming all the crime with all these idiots out here committing crime on a gun. So to everybody out there, and, and I, and I want to put this to rest. I want to put this to bed. I want to leave it here. We're going to put an end to it because I'm sick of hearing it. I'm sick of seeing it. And everybody's talking and nobody's going to see what's really happening,
4: what's really going on.
3: The tea parties are the least bit of your worries. These tea parties, people, are are not what you should be worried about. You should be trying to get down with them so you can ride with them. And y'all know what I mean by ride, right? Get down with them. Hold them down. Roll with them, understand with them, build with them, communicate with them, study with them, trade with them, share knowledge with them. Do whatever you got to do. Because the liberal media is screaming bloody murder now. It's not just the Tea Party goers, it's not just the conservatives, it's not just Republicans. It's not just these liberal freaks as you uh, uh, I'm sorry, these these conservative freaks as you call them. It's not these conspiracy theorists. The liberal media is reporting this stuff. This breaches of national security, all the death, Benghazi. You got the State Department watching one of our ambassadors die after asking for help and knowing beforehand things that were going to take place, knowing beforehand that it was going to be a terrorist attack. See, I'm not talking crazy. I'm talking what the liberal media is reporting. The news that you watch is crazy. You don't even have to be informed anymore. This is what's going on right before your eyes. And you know what's funny? People aren't even talking about it no more. Because even that, see, that's what happens when people get called out in their stuff. You know, that's what happens when the truth comes around tenfold. They shut up. They're quiet. The room gets quiet. You know, it's like people jumping on the bandwagon of the Miami Heat and then they get beat and all of a sudden people get quiet. Because true fans are going to hold you down. If you're true to your game and you're true to who you ride with, it doesn't matter what happens to them. You're still going to be true to those people. So shout out to the Tea parties. I'm true to them people. It doesn't matter how you define them. It doesn't matter what people say about them. I've been riding with them since everybody's been calling them stupid, calling them crazy. It is what it is. But I just want everybody to know that your news is reporting this stuff now. So stop being so quiet. You weren't quiet when they, when people were protesting. You weren't quiet when Tea Party was making the news. Now they can't even make the news because the State Department and the President Obama's administration is making the news so much with all these conspiracy theories. So-called. Used to be. Now the facts. Backed by evidence. Backed by your news reports. Not mine. Not my studying. You know, not my conservative radio show. Not Fox News. MSNBC is reporting this stuff. NBC is reporting this stuff. Everybody is reporting the same stuff that we've been talking about right here on KIRP radio show for over two and a half years, over 11 million plus almost 12 million listeners. The same stuff that we've been reporting, your news is now reporting it, and your asses is quiet. I got to go to commercial. I'll be right back after these messages, baby. You rocking with the KIRP radio show, 619 638 eight five five nine hit number one if you got a comment, you can also check us out on Facebook at symbol k r r p radio show at symbol n c pudgy is me. Hit us up, let us know what you think if you got a comment cool, if you don't, whatever, we'll be right back listen marijuana g o p state convention. Hero Convention in the same building. We're going to talk about that a little bit when we come back. Shout out to Claude Pope and George Cryerac. Also, shout out to Rance Previous and my girl Crystal coming down from the RNC, holding it down up there in Charlotte, North Carolina, letting us know what Rance planning to do with this engagement. That's right. It's black engagement, not outreach. We ain't reaching out to nobody. We engaging. It is what it is, man. We'll be right back. You're rocking with the KRP Radio Show, baby.
1: It's the same way he did when he was in high school. After school he practiced, then he went to the gym. This is what he wants. This is the life he chose. And if you want it, you have to work hard to keep it and keep on going with it. So I believe he will come back. And when he do, I'm gonna be at the Bull Center cheering for my baby.
0: <laughs> Remember this number, 9.8, that's not the time on the shot clock, for the seconds left in the game, it's not the number of times I will light you up, nah, 9.8 isn't any of that, it's ounces, and that makes this the life of ever.
3: For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking, LLC. That's Allen's Trucking, LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking, LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen. Trucking LLC
2: some people say good things come to those who wait truth is good things come to those who work work later and work harder. They're willing to go farther than anyone else to get them. If you're waiting for good things to come to you, <laughs> you'll be waiting for a pretty long time. This is L.A.
3: This is what we do.
1: my mission to create brand stories for you that push the envelope, force people to stop, think, and take notice, ride with you on your journey to success by creating great design that makes you look like the originator and not an imitator, get you out of your comfort zone, inspire you to take action, be risky, and always stay true to your passion.
3: Tiffany Inc. is located in Los Angeles, California. Tiffany Inc. specializes in designs, creative brands for the entertainment, fashion, beauty, and food industry. Some past and present clients include Jewel Osco, j k Fresh LLC, celebrity chef Nikki Shaw, teen and family producer Doreen Spencer, the National Association of Veterans, the Alzheimer's Association, and a host of fantastic others. To contact Tiffany Inc., all you have to do is log on to www.tiffanywithaneyeinc.com. TiffanyInk.com Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, everybody, to the KIRP Radio Show, baby. 619 638 8559. Hit number one if you got a comment. You can also catch us on Twitter at Symbol KIRP Radio Show. And you can find me on Twitter again. Let me be clear. I say what I want to say on my Twitter. And I don't care if you don't like it. At Symbol NC Pudgy is me on Twitter. And uh, you know, I always, always mess with people. I always say, you know, don't be surprised on what I might say, man, because there ain't no telling what I might be talking about. But you know, that's my business, man. It is what it is. Y'all don't control me. Anyway, you can also find us on YouTube. That's YouTube.com backslash. K-I-R-P radio show, one word, and we're also on iTunes, and the iTunes is blowing up, so shout out to all the people out there, all my iPhone people out there who are listening to us on the iPhones and the iPads and all the iDevices that you guys have out there. Check us out on iTunes, keyword, podcast, keyword, K-I-R-P radio show, one word, and it is what it is. Excuse me, man, you guys got me burping on the air, but, you know, I'm drinking back here. So, uh, this weekend... I attended the GOP State Convention, and, man, I got some video footage for you guys. I got some audio footage for you guys. We're going to try to get that loaded up this week. So, you know, know, make sure you're following the uh, YouTube page and you're checking out the stuff that's going on on YouTube over there. But I attended the GOP State Convention this weekend, and, uh, you know, they voted on their new elected officials, you know, their new lead people which is uh, now Claude and Joyce, you know, the chairman, um, the chair and the vice chair, you know, shout out to them, man, you know, big plans for Claude and, and uh, Joyce. And, you know, a lot of people love those guys. And, you know, they're supposed to be doing some big things here in North Carolina. So, you know, I'm excited to see what's going to happen on that. And, uh, you know, I got my pen ready to write my letters and I'm ready to, you know, hit the road and travel down there to rally and see what these guys have to offer and, you know, see what their plan is. <clears throat> but also, Uh, got to give a shout out to Crystal from, uh, Rance Priebus's office from the RNC, you know, uh, she came down from DC and, uh, you know, Crystal is, is an exciting, uh, young professional black woman who has her, her pulse on the street, her pulse to the street. She has an ear to the street and she understands what's going on politically. She understands what's going on socially and, uh, she's a dynamic individual, And, uh, you know, sitting and talking with her and, you know, just sharing some uh, some personal things on, you know, what we've seen since we've been uh, around politics or doing politics or involved or working within politics. And, uh, you know, she really uh, made me feel good because she understood what's really going on. And uh, she wasn't judgmental with all about it. She was just saying, hey, you know what? We got a lot to do. And uh, we were talking in terms of voting, in terms of, you know, getting people the proper knowledge that they need and, you know, try to get out there hitting the street and, you know, let people know, hey, it's okay to be who you are. It's okay to think, you know, however you want to think. But here are the principles of these different organizations or, or these party platforms. You know, here they are reading for yourself and you find out what's be- what best works for you. So, you know, in talking to her, I shared I shared with her, you know, what we talked about on the show last week. And uh, I was supposed to have some guests on, but, but you know, I, I was traveling. I wasn't sure that we were going to have the show. So I couldn't confirm those guests to talk about what we wanted to talk about. But I'm going to move forward with it because everything that I have on my list here to talk about today kind of follows suits in what we talked about last week. So if you guys weren't listening to the show last week, we kind of talked about, well, we asked the question, you know, what is freedom for christians or is, is it different and uh you know personally i, I say this and and i share this with crystal i've I shared this with other folks and I, I personally believe that there are let me just talk about the politics of it first right both platforms in both parties the democratic party and the republican party they both sit on their spectrums. They both sit on their, on their high horses, and they both talk about freedom. One talks about freedom with no restriction and no limitations. The other talks about freedom in a more traditional way with respect to God. And, and these are my words. This is what I get from it. Now, I look at the Republican Party, and I understand where their freedom is is directed. I understand where their freedom is coming from. I understand what they're talking about. And I look at the Democratic Party and I also understand what they're getting about, and what they're talking about, and where they get their freedom from and, and and how they push their envelope, You know how they push their agenda. So I ask the question, is freedom the same for people who believe in Christ? Because it's simply this, right? If you really, and, and I always say this on the show, if you're true to who you say you are, and you're true to who you're supposed to be and who you say that that you, you know, what you believe in, if you're true to what you say you believe in, your freedom cannot contradict God's purpose. Your freedom cannot contradict God's rule, God's authority, God's law, God's natural order. Just because you want to do what you want to do doesn't make it right by god now i've had some people that are democrats that are friends of mine and and they asked me you know people how can you lean right and i don't know how you can believe in the republican party and you know they're just trying to take rights from gays and and i'm sorry homosexuals and and this that and the other and you know and and, and just listening to that you know it it, it, it kind of woke me up because you know before i was going off about you know what the democratic party has done to the community because where i'm from the black communities that i was raised in all my life you know they they were they were always in a community when it was time to vote they were always around when it was time to march and complain and sit in and 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 pick and you know all this good stuff they were always around for that but no one ever came around and 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 shame on me for believing that people should have came around to educate the community. But I think if you proclaim to be the leaders of that community, to some magnitude, it is up to you to educate your people, your community, just like it's up to a man to take care of his family. So if you're a leader of something, it's up to you to take care of your people. So this is why I refer to the Democratic Party as being losers. This is why I refer to the Democratic Party as being leeches, vultures because they fly over just like a vulture does over something dead they fly over neighborhoods of people who aren't doing that great you know uh, financially they fly around and the first thing they do is they plant blame right they plant blame in the hood and 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 they start they go to the church because you, everybody know the church is the anchor of the community, or, or at least it used to be when I was growing up. The church was the anchor of the black community. You know, everybody respected Reverend such and such and such, whether he was hustling, pimping, or whoring. They still respected the church, and they still respected him. They didn't call him out of his name out loud. They might have talked about it behind closed doors. They might have talked about it after church service. They might have talked about it, then they call on the way to church and on the way home. But the pastor still got some kind of respect because the church and god's institution god's authority god's rule follow me now took trump over everything else that you believed so it was god first and then god's people and then everything else all right so the first thing that the naacp and and all these other vultures do now is they fly over the hood and they plant blame it's because of the Republicans, it's because of them this is this way. It's because of them we don't have this, and they weren't around, and they don't do this, and they don't share, and we don't have access. And, and shout out to Al Sharpton who said black people don't have access to the money, but his ass is rich today. But, you know, black people don't have this, and black people don't have that, and the, and the poor communities and this, and minorities that, right? So they plant the blame, and then they point the finger. So they point the finger at the other side. They're not pointing the finger at a particular person. They're not pointing the finger at a a particular law many times. Majority of the times, they're pointing the finger at another party. They're pointing the finger at the Republican Party. Now, meanwhile, people who really understand what's going on, we know that the Republican Party, yes, did drop the ball in the minority communities because it's all about votes at the end of the day. Let's keep it funky. So, the Republican Party is sitting over here. The Democratic Party is sitting over here blaming, 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 blaming. Let's go get them. Let's march on them. Let's protest them. Let's not vote for them. Right? Meanwhile, people are still going through the same things that they go through. You know, we're marching and going to jail and getting poor about a minute. And meanwhile, people are moving from different, from foreign countries, they're moving in and setting up shop. It's no fact that black people spend $500 million in retail every year. million to be such such a small amount of, of the nation. We spend so much more money than anybody else in retail. So you got black people spending all this money, and then you got people from foreign lands moving in and setting up shop, bodegas, corner markets. They don't even sell anything that we really want most of the time other than food, beer, and liquor, other than bread, wine, and liquor. Most of the time, a couple of snacks here and there, a couple bag of chips here and there, a little bit of candy here and there. You know, they rotate that stuff. But if you ever if you ever took the time to walk down the shelf, to walk down the aisle in the bodega, if it has an aisle or in the corner market, have you ever taken the time to pick up a, a if they got a box of rice or, or, or any other kind of food, some canned food, a pack of noodles? Man, most of the time that stuff expired because they don't care. They, they don't care at all. They're going to rotate that bread. They're going to ro- rotate the wine. They're going to rotate the 20-ounce soft drinks. They're going to rotate the Newports in the hood. I ain't mean to give them no shout-out, but it is what it is. They're going to rotate all the cigarettes and all the blunt. They got all types of blunts. Have you ever looked at this store and realized what's going on, people? Have you ever walked in these markets, in these stores, in black communities, and looked at the counter and looked at what's really going on? Have you ever went to any other store that sells blunts, pampers, Beer, liquor, t-shirts, fitteds, fitted caps, wave caps, do rags, grease, brushes. I mean, I'm not. I know I'm not crazy, but see, nobody is talking about these issues. You know, nobody is talking about what's really going on. Meanwhile, the NAACP is right here in the hood. The Democratic Party is right here in the hood. If these are the places that you care so much about, why aren't you talking about that large portion of our $500 million that we spend that are going into those foreign-owned stores that are not putting no zero dollars back in the community? That money goes out of the black community's pocket, into those foreign-owned stores, and out of this damn country. And nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about it. You talk about take your country back. You talk about take your hood back. It's starting with these stores. This is where we spend our money at. This is where we eat at. These We go in these stores every single day of my life. The street that I live on now where I rent a house from, if you ride up a mile up the road or a couple miles up the road, there's five stores within three blocks. Three or four of them are bodegas
4: owned by people where I don't even know where the hell they're from. A
3: lot of the times I walk into the counter, they can't even say hello. They just say, buddy, buddy, yeah, buddy, yeah, buddy, yes, buddy. This is all they say, yes, buddy, yes,
4: buddy, no, buddy, thank you, buddy, because they're getting rich.
3: You know, I know a guy who moved here from, I believe he's from Jordan, okay, okay. This kid my age moved here moved to the United States, you know, moved to my city. And true story by the way, I'm not I'm not fabricating it, I'm not making it up, I'm not I'm not boosting it up, I'm not even hyping it up, I'm just telling you what it is. Moved here from another country, couldn't barely speak our language, watch hip hop TV, hip hop videos, B E T speak slang better than I do. Man, listen. Right now, this dude, 32, 30 years old, whatever, five or six stores in the same community he came up in that he moved to and didn't even know how to speak English in. Five stores, all in the black community, all in the hood, and the man is rich.
4: But nobody's talking about that.
3: Everybody's talking about their political issues over here. Everybody's talking about their political issues over there, but nobody's talking about this money. And meanwhile, you got these fools like Al Sharpton, because I don't call you Reverend no more. You don't deserve, you, don't, you ain't earned that. I don't mean no harm, and I love my homosexual family, homosexual friends, people that I grew up with, whatever, business associates, or whoever you are, whomever you are, homosexual, whatever, that's your damn choice. I still love you. I can rock with you. But at the end of the day, I don't support what you claim to be. I don't support who you're true to. But people like the Reverend Al Sharpton, these people support that. And this is their freedom. This is the freedom that they're talking about. But these are supposed to be representatives of God. So if you were listening to the show earlier, understand what I'm telling you. The order is gone in the Democratic Party. The order is dead. They don't care about the order no more. They care about their money. They care about their votes, And they damn sure don't care about you. That order is dead. It's freedom for what they want. And then we're going to throw God in the middle in it to get it. And then we're going to forget the money and forget about you. We're going to get the money, get the votes, and we out of there. And they know they got you. They don't even really reach out to the black community anymore. They throw issues around. The black community jump on board of those issues because they don't, a lot of the times, people in the black community don't care to get the knowledge about these issues so they can talk about them respectably. You know what I'm saying? So they can really talk about them professionally. So they can talk about them from an angle of knowing what they're talking about, being educated about the issue. So they throw issues around like voter ID and then they compare it to the civil rights era of the 60s. And like a fool, a lot of the times we go for that, knowing damn well you need an ID to do anything in this America today or anything in this world today. But vote. It's crazy, and y'all go for this. I mean, we actually go for this. We sit down, and we fit, we feel this. We love this. You know, we jump on board of that. All Tea Parties are racist. Yeah, 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 Tea Parties are racist. We we do that. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I hate the Tea Party. They racist, they racist, they racist. They don't like Obama. The Tea Party wasn't around until Obama came. They just don't want him to have the job. Man, blah, blah, blah. I'm so sick of hearing that noise. The only kind of attacking Tea Party has done to me is
4: hugging, loving, and kissing me, man. It's crazy.
3: But this is what happens, folks. So when I ask the question, what is freedom? And if you're a Christian, is freedom the same? No, it's not the same because we got a different kind of responsibility. And shout out to the GOP for having a different kind of offering. At least they're putting God first, at least they're not committing blasphemy. At least they're not trying to compare ID, a voter ID bill or the right just to have an ID that we already carry, that we already need to function in this society. At least they're not trying to throw that around and, and equate it to the civil rights era of the 60s. This is what Democrats are doing today, people. Wake your ass up and understand what's going on. You don't need nobody to come to you and tell you that you don't need a, that you shouldn't have to have an ID to vote when you know you gotta have a, a driver's license to drive, or ID to get in the club, or ID to buy even some tablets for some headache medicine, cough syrup today for some types. But you're going to let some clowns come around who are not even around all the time, who are not helping you, not educating you, not motivating you, not inspiring you, only telling you lies. You're going to let them come around and get you riled up and then all of a sudden say, you know what, let's come over here to march and sit in and protest. And then you go over there and do that just out of love and just on the strength of holding them down. You go over there and march. You go over there and protest. And then you go to jail. And then you go out or you get out. And then you're going to go look for a job. Because let's face it, almost 50% of the people who are doing this marching the protest and don't have a job. This is not talking about people. This is not trying to talk down on people. This is where we're at in America. A lot of these people don't have jobs. And to make matters worse, you get the NAACP, henchmen of the Democrat Party today. They're going to come scoop you up. They're going to come drop you off at some picket line or some sit-in or some protest that they're doing. And then you go to jail and you get out and you know what you just did? You didn't accomplish anything, first of all. But the only thing you signed, sealed, and delivered was the small chances your uneducated ass had of getting a job. Going to a caller out of the, oh, this is my, my
4: sis right here. Sonny, what's up? Hello.
1: What's up, brah? Hey, how you doing, man? What's up? What's up with you? I'm um, chilling, chilling. I was going to sit there and listen to the show tonight and, and soak you in for a minute. But, of course, you always got to get me riled.
3: I know you can't take it. What's on your mind, yeah, baby? you
1: do that to me. It's all your fault. I put it all on you. You do it to me, so
3: I'm all good with it. I'll be watching your <laughs> videos and get hyped before I go speak places. I ain't going to lie. That's what's up.
1: <laughs> Word up. Look, That's I want to... I want to come. Uh, I want to do something that I combine what you was talking about earlier, uh, as far as the Tea Party goes, and what you're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Um, I will put all of it together. All right, and, and, all and right. tell me if this makes sense to you. And I think this is where our disconnect comes in. Mm-hmm. I was listening to the Tea Parties as they were. Um, Testifying before Congress, okay? okay, and you know the big line that came out of that, right? Was oh, yeah. the one lady I, I gotta have her name on my tongue, and I'm forgetting it. Um, but she came out and she and she was talking about how she wasn't a serf, she wasn't a servant, she wasn't begging her lords for mercy. She was putting her government in her in in its place. Mm-hmm. And one statement that they played over and over again was when she said, I'm trying to maintain or to save the country that I grew up in, and I slowly feel like slipping away. I'm about to blow your mind. This mm-hmm. is the difference between black people and conservatives. Most, and, and this is a generalization, but I'm going to say it the way I want to say it. Most white people can say they grew up in America that they respect of an America that they, um, lo- they are loved and they adored, and they saw freedoms in it, they saw opportunity in it, they saw chance in it, and that's the America that they're fighting for. So when we go to those tea parties and we run up against those racist tea partiers, and they're telling us about <laughs> they want to um, preserve America, they want to um, they they want to save the America they grew up in. We look at it like. You have lost your damn mind. I don't want to save the America I grew up in. See, because in the America that I grew up in, we had leaders like the formerly known Reverend Al Sharpton. <laughs> the, the the America I grew up in was food stamps and Section 8 housing. And, uh-huh. and you gained the system just because you could gain the system. It was like a badge of honor. It was like you did a good thing to cheat. It was no respect. It was wanting what you want when you wanted it, and if somebody stood in your way, you found a way to knock them out to get what you wanted. That is the America I grew up in. I don't want to save that America. And I think that that is what the disconnect is, that you have a a, a segment of the Tea Party that grew up kind of what our founder's vision. Mm -hmm. We have never lived under that. Because from the day we're born and we start learning our skin is a problem. Uh, Some ghost is going to stop us because of our skin. And that's where we start, where all these other people start with the red, white, and blue, your Second Amendment, your freedom of speech, your freedom of religion. We're not learning those things. We are learning these are your limitations. This is how far you can go before somebody is going to come and stop you. And that is the America that we grew up in. So we're not trying to preserve America. We're not trying to save the America we grew up in. We grew up under black leadership. We want to destroy everything that they have put their fingers on. We don't want of it anymore it is time for us to restore when you say freedom freedom isn't the ability to have an easy life lord knows i am struggling in probably every aspect of my life right now freedom isn't having it easy Freedom isn't having it in a neat package wrapped in a bow. Freedom isn't 20 hours a week and you can support yourself and your family. That is not freaking freedom. And I will go back to what Booker T. Washington said. The moment you get freedom, the moment you are no longer a slave, then you will have to work 10 times harder than you did when you were a slave because you are now working for yourself. And That is the point we have to get across. We cannot go around and just say we want to save America. We want to save the America. Most of us did not grow up in an America that we think is worth saving. So if we don't start explaining what the difference is between where we are right now and what our founders intended for us, Mm -hmm,
3: mm -hmm.
1: then this is a a never-ending, never-winning battle.
3: And they know it and and they know it and they use that because it, it 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 hasn't been defined since like and 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 these people on the other side of the lane you know these democrats these liberal nuts they know it they know we haven't defined it said they know tea party has haven't said clearly you know or or I'll say we they know we haven't clearly defined what freedom is so they try to jump in that conversation and, and, and change it up and tangle up the words. Well, their freedom means this. Their freedom means your slavery. That's what they're saying. And that's what they say. You know, the freedom that they're talking about, that means your slavery and they're wrong.
1: You yeah, know? Yeah, oh, okay. And yeah, you are exactly right. They want to take you back to a time where, um, where you were slaves. Well, if that's the case, Aren't we kind of there now? Because back at those times, you were trying to keep us in chains, Democrats, while the Republicans <laughs> were trying to get us out. Absolutely. Yes, you can kind of say we are in that same place, but it comes at at this point. And I am—I look, I—it's—I'm a person that's like you got to clean your own house, you know, before you go and you start worrying about the dust and dirt in somebody else's corners, you need to clean your own house. And that's right now what I feel about conservatives and Republicans. And let me tell you why. And I'm sorry, bro, I don't mean to, I'm I'm having a feeling right now. (laughs) I don't want to be you. And and this goes out to my conservatives and to my Republicans. I do not want to be you. There is nothing about you that makes me want to change who I am. I am a conservative by my own accord. You didn't teach me something that made me conservative. You didn't show me something that made me conservative. You didn't inspire me to be conservative. I am conservative because my mama beat it into me. I am conservative because that is what the streets taught me. I am conservative because God and only God can order my path. These are the things that make me conservative. You being a conservative doesn't equate into my my being. (laughs) And the reason I want to say that is because there is an uncomfort level of trying to bring people who are different in to this movement. And for the longest time, I wanted to ignore the fact that, that that it existed. But it exists. They want us as long as in some ways we can conform. Not in every way, but in some ways we can conform. Well, here's the deal. I don't want you to open up a slot for me in the GOP. I don't want you to open a slot for me in the conservative movement. I don't want any of that from you. I want Now I'm at the point where I'm like, get the hell out of my way. That's all I need from you. I need you to get the hell out of my way. Because while you're going and you're saying, restore and save and all of this, I have to deconstruct your entire message to make it make sense to my community. Your entire message is that it puts my community on guard against me because of your message. And maybe it isn't the Tea Party's fault. Maybe it isn't conservative's fault. Maybe it is our fault. I know no, maybe any. It is our fault. Absolutely. We let our communities get to this point, us as a whole. But it is a time now. You're not going to come, and I am sick and tired, and I have put my foot down. If you are too ignorant to want to learn something, do not talk to me. I'm sorry. I'm I'm at the point where I don't have time to save the ones who want to drown. I am only going for the ones now who want to save themselves. If you are in the water and you put 10-pound weights on your own ankles, don't ask me to hold you up. I don't have the strength. But if you doggy paddling for your life, I will reach out my hand, and with the last bit of strength I have, I will pull you up. Mm. And that is where we are right now. I am so, P, I have been beaten. I have been beaten, and I have been bruised. I have had my intelligence insulted. I have had my mission challenged. I have had my vision blocked. And I am tired of it. I am tired of it. And what is stronger than when a person is tired of being tired? Mm,
3: mm, mm, mm. Sick and tired of being sick and tired, man. That's what inspires a lot of people. That That's what changes people's lives too, Sonny. So maybe, you know, the reason you're at this point is because, you're about to have a life change. You know something in your life is probably getting ready to be changed, and maybe it's something that you hadn't, you know, you hadn't embraced or something you haven't been through before. You know what I'm saying? It's it, that's normally what happens when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Something comes out of that for sure. Negative and, or positive, some, something comes out of it.
1: Oh, well, who who are you telling? And in in all humility, for all KRRP, listeners, everybody. When you catch yourself, and and this is off point, this is off base, but when you catch yourself and you're breaking, and when you catch yourself and you free-falling, and when you catch yourself and you can't stop it, sometimes it's better just to fall. Sometimes it's better just to let it happen and just to fall and to understand that there is no shame in that. That is how you grow. If you don't fall, you can't get back up. And as your sister who is right now talking to you on my back because I have fallen at the moment, check me in a week. Check me in two weeks. Check me next month. And then you tell me again that it's impossible for you to stand up.
3: Mhm. We're going to commercial after that one, man. Six one nine six three eight eight five five nine. Sonny, right with me for a second. I gotta ask you a question, man. We talking about weed, talking about marijuana. Should it be legal? Should it be illegal? I came across some protesters down here in Charlotte, man, and and they told me it should be legal. They want mar- medical marijuana, and they want it now, and and they want they ready to smoke. So six one nine six three eight eight five five nine. Hit number one. We'll be right back after these commercials.
2: work later and work harder you are willing to go farther than anyone else to get them if you're waiting for good things to come to you <laughs> you'll be waiting for a pretty long time this is L.A.
3: this is what we do
0: You don't call yourself a superstar. That's for other people to say. And you don't come out the South Side without a few people having your back. Chicago is my home, my love. It's our time. This is a story about my family, my team, my roots. This is a story of D Rose. And this is only the beginning.
1: My mission to create brand stories for you that push the envelope, force people to stop, think, and take notice, ride with you on your journey to success by creating great design that makes you look like the originator and not an imitator, get you out of your comfort zone, inspire you to take action, be risky, and always stay true to your passion.
3: Tiffany Inc. is located in Los Angeles, California. Tiffany Inc. specializes in designs, creative brands for the entertainment, fashion, beauty, and food industry. Some past and present clients include Jewel Osco, j k Fresh LLC, celebrity chef Nikki Shaw, teen and family producer Doreen Spencer, the National Association of Veterans, the Alzheimer's Association, and a host of fantastic others. To contact Tiffany Inc., all you have to do is log on to www.tiffanywithanIinc.com. TiffanyInk.com
2: Could switching to Geico really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry, wee, 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 all the way home? Whee! Wait, wait, wait!
5: your home.
1: Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A.
2: Skyco. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
3: Show, baby, six one nine six three eight eight five five nine. Sorry about the little bit of technical difficulties that we had here in the show. Had to play a couple of records for you, though, man. But we're talking about marijuana, man. And I'm asking the question, son, are you still riding with me? Yeah, I'm
1: here, bro. I was about to hang up with you over
3: there playing that baby making music. Yeah, we got to get you another baby over there. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Let me stop, man. But um, we might be having some over here. Now I'm kidding. I know my wife probably about to come in here with a shotgun. But listen, <laughs> we talk about marijuana, man. We had some uh, had some protesters downtown Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, they had the picket signs. And you know, I interviewed these people, and we had a good time, man. And these people, you know, they didn't seem to be high at the moment. But you know, they had their nice lime green shirts on that looked like that good 1985 Christmas tree weed. But uh, they had the long gray shirts on it with the red crosses. And uh, they were very serious about wanting their marijuana. You know, they wanted this marijuana, and they want it legal. What do you think about that?
1: Well, before you actually get into whether it should be legal or any of that, first you have to point out who made it illegal in the first place. Uh Your progressive Democrats made it illegal in the first place. Okay? So while you're standing over there on the side of Democrats cheering for it, realize that if it not had been for them in the first place, it would never have been illegal. So just (laughs) throw that out there. But a second question that, yet again, not pertaining to whether it should be legal or not, why now? Mm -hmm. Why now? Now, if you think about the fact that this, see, you, I haven't even prepared for this, so I'm going all kilter here. But if you sure. think about the fact that they're the ones who actually initiated the law, and this is the left, and we have some on the right now who are for it, but most of the people, the bigger groups, are kind of left-leaning groups. So realize that your your side of the aisle passed the law. Why is it now that there is even any consideration about once again, making it illegal,
5: mm-hmm.
1: why is there any any validation and it goes to the simple fact they had to get you broken down, they had to get you arrested, they had to get you felony status, they had to get you thinking that you can never ever go anywhere or do anything, succeed in life, um progress in life, get forward in life, get you know anything, take away all of that um mm-hmm. with the illegality of it. The wall on poverty, every family's broken up, men going to jail, people being killed in the street, all comes from the illegality right. of it. So first they put that in the pl- in place. They create all the destruction. Now once the destruction is in place and it will not be removed, it will not be changed. You're not gonna get rid of weed in America. Never. It's never gonna happen now that they have sown the destruction, now that they have put in place all the negative effects of outlawing it, now they want it legal. Why? After all smart. the work they've done, why all of a sudden now do they want it legal? Because they need you numb. They need you not mm. thinking. They need you high and having fun and out and not paying attention to what's going on. So now mm. the, the legality issue of it comes back into place. Because they need you numb. They need you dumb. They need you running away from your problems instead of standing up and facing them. So first they put it into place and made it illegal so that, that they can create the destruction. Now they want to make it legal again so that they can keep the destruction in place and numb you to it. And And if you think I'm lying... Take a situation of of someone who doesn't have kind of a drug-related problem in their family, right? Mm-hmm. When they find out that someone they love, like if you grew up in a family and you don't have crackhead <laughs> Uncle Tam or whatever, when you see someone in your family affected by drugs, it hurts. Yes, it does. It hurts. Absolutely. Just, me and you? can walk past a crackhead and feel nothing.
4: Mm.
1: It doesn't numb us. It doesn't, we don't even think about it because we have seen it so much that we are numb right. to it. And that's that's what that. it's for. That is the whole purpose. The purpose is not whether it's good or bad, whether it should be legal, illegal. The purpose is how are they using this to control the population? which is actually what they're doing. It's not a matter of whether you have the right or whether it should be legal, whether it's good for you. It's none of that. The whole thing is control and how they can use this law, this rule, this regulation as a means of control. And that's why it's happening now, because they need you numb. So you don't care that they're spying on your, on your emails. They need you numb. Well, You don't care that um, we are 18, we get ready to hit $18 trillion in debt. They need you numb so you don't realize where the unemployment rate is or how long you've been on unemployment and how your unemployment is about to run out. They need you numb when you go and beg them for a kidney transplant.
4: Mm.
1: This is what they need you numb for. And I'm guaranteeing you, you're going to see a lot of states. And if you notice, California, Washington, <laughs> um, um, Colorado are a liberal leading mm-hmm. They are the ones that are first passing these laws, and you're going to see them spread throughout all liberal states because <laughs> their people are poor, impoverished, living in. Um, and that's so much for Colorado, so let me let me back off a little bit. Colorado is more independent kind of than, say, Washington and Seattle. But they're they are they're numbing you. They don't want you to look at the reality that they have created. And in part, they are numbing you with the very tool they use to create your poverty. And to me, that is, I mean, we can say a lot of things about the left, but one thing we can't do is call them dumb.
3: Master strategist, since the beginning of time, i say, evil. <laughs> you know, the, the, Sonny, I, you, you stole my shine a little bit. Because <laughs> I might as well follow this piece of paper up because it don't mean a hill of beings. You stole my shine. I wasn't going to say no, but the way you just described it and the way you just came into it and talked about it, you made it make more sense than what I was getting ready to go into because I was just going to simply say they want to drug you. But I just wanted to take a step back and say and, and ask the question, you know, I ask Christians this question. And I've asked Christians who are political people, study people who are in politics, who understand policy, who understand taxes, right? People who understand laws. I asked them this question with the reason. And I just like to hear what people are gonna say because again, this show was about, you know, our freedoms. And what are the limitations of our freedoms? Or are there any limitations of our freedoms when we believe in Jesus, when we believe in God? And there are, Sonny. And and what, what happens is people forget that for their agenda. So I got conservatives or Republicans or whatever you want to call them. I got people on the right who I asked this question to, and you find and I'm I'm talking about good Christian folks, as they say, good Bible thunkin', thumping, gun toting Republicans, conservatives, and uh I asked them this question and They're like, well, I don't know. Uh, We should legalize it so we can tax it. And this concerns me more so than just the question of should we be, be legal or illegal alone? Because it's a gateway drug no matter how you look at it. People don't want to respect it. People don't want to accept it. I know because I've seen it. I know what happens. I know you can't control what people do to this weed. I know you can't control what people lace weed with. I know you can't control what they spray on it, they grow it with, what may have you. You can't do this because people get addicted to this drug. It's a drug. That's the main thing that people are forgetting. It's a drug that people get addicted to, and we're talking about legalizing a drug. So as a Christian, a person who has Christian principles, who loves God, who's always talking about the left defy God, the left don't love God, the left is promoting homosexuality and promiscuity. how can you stand up and say, yeah, we should legalize weed so we can tax it and make money off of it? How biased are you? And
1: who are you? And where are we? You know, those are my new catchphrases.
4: Who are you? Where are
1: you? I would scoff at the idea of taxing it. And I think that California and Washington and Colorado are slowly finding out that it's pretty hard to tax something that people can grow themselves. Right. You know, it, it really... You know, if you you can't really tax tomatoes when everybody has a tomato garden, you know it doesn't really work that way. So for the tax issue of it, I, I understand. But let me let me take you on 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 the part of of being sad that it's a drug. And on full admission, I have I have burnt my fair share of forest. Okay, I have brought some trees down. The idea that it was a drug never stopped me. It it never stopped me. And it never stopped any of my friends. It never stopped my parents. It didn't stop my aunts and my uncles. It never stopped anyone saying it was a drug. But let me tell you what did stop me. I had a cousin. And I look up, I look up to her, you know, she do her thing. She do, she was, she was the it cousin. And she, she, she smoked. And Mm -hmm. her one weekend, and she was, you know, twisting or whatever, and she was like, she looks at me, and I'm like, yeah, I smoke. And she's like, no, not with me, you don't. And, you know, I kind of, you know, like, uh, you know, put your nose up in the air. And she's like, when you have your own house. When you have your own car, when you have your own bank account, and you're not asking anybody for anything, then you could come and smoke with me. And that was the most powerful thing that anyone could have told me. Matter of fact, it was about three days after she told me that, that I moved away from Richmond. Wow. Because it hit me that you can tell me a thousand and one times it ain't a drug and whatever, it, it doesn't register. But when you give someone something to shoot for, like it's it's like with cursing. My mother always used to say, you can't cuss until you learn to speak, um, to speak proper English. So it was like you earned the reward of cursing. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I don't like I don't want to give it up now is because I feel like I earned it, and like I worked for it. My mom made me work to earn the right to to get there, and <clears throat> it was the same thing with my cousin. I was like I wanted to work to get to the point where when I came around her, she wanted to smoke with me and then the funny part was the next time I got around with her, I no longer smoked. So it was like, all I had changed my whole life to be able to do this with her, and now I was at the point that I had grown so much that I didn't even do it anymore. And that's what I think about. You can, the law ain't going, law is not going to change people. And I think on any aspect you can put, tell me the law that changes people. It doesn't. There is no law that changes human nature. If you could change human nature, then there would be no reason for laws. But we can get smarter about the way we approach it. The war on drugs is not working. It is not working. Tell me any statistics. Tell me any program. Tell me any anything. I mean, it is to a point now where all lawmakers are like, it is easier to let people become addicts and then treat them for it than to actually try to stop them from becoming addicts in the first place. That's where America is in its screwed upness. Now, if you can get adults to tell kids, no, not scare you, not try to put the fear of God into you, but tell you there's a time and there's a place for everything. You get right, you do this, and as an adult, the government should not be able to penalize and punish you for anything that doesn't hurt or affect someone else. So as long as you stand in your lane, the government should have no say in what you're doing in your life. And if we change the message instead of trying to scare kids and and petrify kids who are already numb, because you're trying to, mind you, you're trying to teach a nine-year-old who has seen his uncle shoot up about not doing drugs. He's already numb. He's not listening to you. Nothing you say is going to affect him. But if you can tell him, don't no girl like no broke dude with no car, no job, (laughs) that sit around all day and and smoke weed. And if you sit around all day with no car, no job, no future, smoking weed, you ain't never going to get no play. Ain't no girl ever going to get with you. Then you start seeing the young man's mind think differently, and I think that that's what we have to do. We have to change the way we fight it, like like on every other level. We keep letting these people make the rules by how we fight. We know how to fight this. The best cure to stop a kid from smoking weed is to take him and his thirty-two-year-old uncle living in his and his mama's basement wearing the same clothes he had on last time you went there, smelling like a rat crawled in his pants and died. You want to stop a kid from smoking? Make him go hang around that uncle. Don't hide him from the uncle. Make him go. See, this is what this does to you, whether it's legal or not. It doesn't matter the legality of it. This is the effect. This is the aftermath. This is what happens. And I guarantee you, we will make bigger dents in the in, in the war on drugs if more Americans, single individual Americans, stop trying to scare people and, and stop trying to scare kids and actually tell them the truth.
3: You took all the glory
2: out of the debate, honey. <laughs> I'm it sick. sorry. I told you,
1: bro, I ain't even prepared for this, so I'm going straight off dome. So. That's good, though. That, I mean,
3: you know, sometimes the, the best stuff comes when you're not prepared because it, it comes directly from the heart. You don't have time to think about it. And, and, you know, a lot of the times, like, when I'm preparing for shows, when I put too much thought into it, I start researching other stuff. And then I start researching other stuff. And then I realize I hadn't even researched what I needed to research, you know, the groundwork and the foundation of it. So, you know, it's all good, though, man. This is This is what I like about. You know, talk radio This is what I like about my show You know, because we get to go off the cuff We get to talk about other issues And it's just like real life, you know You you start out, you, you maybe you go over to somebody's house Or, you know, you call somebody up And then you start talking about one thing And before you know it, you've talked about You know, you don't went to the 60s, 70s, 80s You talked about music and politics and love And, I mean, you name it Food and, and everything else So, you know, this is What we bring to the airways, Sonny, and and you're definitely a part of that. So,
1: but I like to add, I like to just add one more caveat, um, and this is especially for all my Obama lovers. This is for all you Obama lovers that like to twist and roll and and smoke and say how great Obama is. I want you to realize, (laughs) inhale. He said he inhaled. Matter of fact, he said the whole purpose for smoking is to inhale. But you best believe his Justice Department will lock your ass up for inhaling. Wow. But I throw that out there.
3: Right now, they're locking people up for cell phones. And, you know, I, look, we got nine minutes to go, man. Everybody, 619 638 Too late to call in. I appreciate the people who did call in. If you guys are just calling in to listen, please continue to listen. I'm sorry we don't have time to get you guys on the air right now. Thanks for rocking with the KRP radio show. We don't have time to go into bonus hour tonight because I do want to watch the Spurs in the Miami Heat game. Yes, I'm going for the Spurs. But anyway, um, (laughs) look. Sonny, with all this stuff going on with the NSA and 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 you know I haven't talked to you since but what do you, what do you think about you know all this uh, all this espionage that's coming out you know to the to the forefront right now
1: I'm about to piss some people off but I'll tell you like this you get the government you deserve you want to be ignorant you want to not know you want to trust you want to blindly trust this government You will get the government you deserve. Every other nation in the world has learned this lesson the hard way. And now it comes to the time where America seems to have her panties in a bunch and think that she cannot be knocked down. And I say that being an American and putting myself in there. We get the government we deserve. And if you thought the Patriot Act was okay under Bush, don't complain about it now. If you're sitting here now thinking that it's okay because Obama is doing it, don't complain about it when the next president comes in and doubles and triples and quadruples up on the effort. Every time you excuse a president because he belongs to your party for taking away your rights, he has taken away your rights, I don't care if he belongs to your party. I don't care if he's a Democrat or a Republican. He has taken away your rights. And if you say that it is okay because you voted for the party that is in power, then you deserve every single thing that you get that goes for Republicans and Democrats who are standing by now saying, Oh, we have to do this for national security. Oh, it's okay, we have to stop the terrorists. We're not going to stop them all. There is no way. And what they're doing is they're trying to make us a nation that lives in fear. They want us fearful. They want us afraid. They want us scared. So we will run to them and we will say, oh, save us.
2: Yeah.
1: What they're doing. And if you let them do it, and you excuse it, then it, it, we get the government we deserve.
3: Well, we definitely got what we have deserved and what we have voted for. And, you know, I, I don't know if people are listening, man. You know, like like I preluded to earlier in the show, <laughs> I don't know if people are listening or they're just dumb or they're just stupid. And I know they're quiet. It's like... It's like a basketball game, and your team was winning, and and everything was great because you're not looking at anything else. You're just looking at your team scoring, and you're happy, and the momentum is on your side. And all of a sudden, you know, the game-winning field goal is kicked by the other team, and it takes all the momentum out because you just lost the game. Like, this is what's going on in politics right now. This is what's going on with people who are supporting uh, Obama's administration and the stuff that they're doing. You know, this just took all the wind out of it. I'm gonna I say, for media-wise, Sonny, media-wise, I think the media romance is damn near over. You know, they're not going off; they don't feel so in love with the Obama administration no more. The romance is dead. You know, the looking in the eyes and the Google eyes and the baby talk—all oh, that's over with. No, it ain't. Okay. Oh, like oh no, around. it's they're not. They're reporting it though. Now they're reporting it though. No, it's they're not. It no, it's Before not. they wouldn't touch these issues. Before they wouldn't touch these issues. Not well no, no, product. no, they're
1: not they're gonna they they kick their kid gloving it out of the four scandals that have broke Benghazi the i r s them targeting james james rosen and and getting mm-hmm. his records, um and the prison program those four the mainstream media broke none of those stories, none so. Giant media outlets broke zero of the four major scandals that are going on right now. They are doing what they have to do because they have been forced to do it, but they are still doing it unwillingly, unwantingly, and with not even have the vigor that they attacked President Bush. Like, they attacked President Bush with the venom of a million snakes. For coming out with the Patriot Act. Obama puts the Patriot Act on steroids, and we are supposed to accept it. The mainstream media is a dead fossil, and it is dying in its own impunity. It is dying in its own disgust. It is dying in its own corruption. And I hope it dies so painful death.
0: It's
3: dying. It's been dying. It's, it's basically dead. Social media has taken over, and, and, and a lot of times for people, social media is the truth. But they have been reporting it, whether they were forced to or not, and and that speaks volumes to what's going on because we know they don't want to. But like you said before, they've been forced to, and, and this is what we're seeing. The, the problem is people don't want to pay attention to what they see from their own news source now. These stories are looked over. They're not paying attention to it. The crowd is quiet. No, th- that's down. the whole
1: thing. And I know we you got to bounce out, but they're not listening to any news. Al Sharpton, their network sucks. CNN is going under. They, they are not like I, I said it once and I'll say it again. You say there's no black people at a tea party. Well, guess what? There's just as many black people in a tea party as there are at Occupy Wall Street. Because <laughs> oh. the simple fact of the matter that's is, we dumb. are nowhere. <laughs> We are not showing up on any side of the spectrum. Mm. It's not a matter of you don't see them here, but you see them there. No, we are nowhere. We don't give a damn. And that is the problem.
3: That's crazy, man.
1: Thank you, everybody.
3: Sonny, you blowed up, man. You took my notes. You stole my ideas somehow. I, you know, you made me My face. I still got right here. You hear that? I had to it up gone, but I appreciate it, man, because that let me know that I was at least on the same page. So shout out to everybody out there listening to the show, man. Follow myself on Twitter, man, at Sonny Johnson. Sonny with an O-S-O-N-N-I-E Johnson. Also follow the KRP Radio Show, at symbol K-I-R-P Radio Show. And you can check us out for a replay of the show. If you didn't get to hear the whole show tonight, check us out on K-I-R-P Radio com. Excuse me for my burping. We gotta run, folks. It's been love. It's been beautiful. Sonny, I love you, man. Appreciate you coming through. Next Sunday, let's do it again. Don't even remember what the topic is. I have to look it up and then I'll text it to you. So we'll rock again next Sunday. Thanks everybody for listening to the show. Shout out to everybody who listened. And I got one quote to add before I close the show since we didn't have time to get the song on. Shout out to Tina Fosberg who said, Flying feels like I'm sorry, I messed it all up. Falling Feels like flying. When I asked the question, is it okay to defy God and his natural order? She said, yeah, it lasted pretty good for a little while. But, you know, falling feels like flying, too. So that lets you know that you can ride smooth for a while, but that smooth ride comes to an end. Thanks for listening to the KRP Radio Show. I'm rocking with your boy at NC Pudgy on Twitter, com. Listen to the replay, folks. Next weekend, same time, same place. Let's do it one more
4: time.